Thank you for joining us for this Prima podcast. My name is Taekwon Gilbert. I am the education coordinator at Prima and the moderator for today's podcast. October is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. National Cybersecurity Awareness Month was designed to increase awareness regarding the significance of cybersecurity, as well as provide the necessary resources to ensure people are safe and secure online. To commemorate the 19th anniversary of National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, Prima created a National Cybersecurity Awareness Month podcast series. Each week during the month of October, Prima will feature podcasts that share important information about cybersecurity. On this podcast, Colette Clyer, Senior Manager, Cyber Risk Services for Sedgwick, talks about current cybersecurity trends and those that may arise over the horizon. Thank you for joining us today, Colette. Thank you for having me. So to start, what are the top areas entities should focus on that will positively affect the cyber insurance? Well, as I'm sure most people are aware now, the year 2020 was a roller coaster of major insurance landscape shaking events out there. And one of the biggest cybersecurity breaches in the 21st century occurred. That's when those major third-party breaches started occurring. They were major, not because a single organization was breached, but because it triggered a much larger supply chain incident that affected thousands of organizations, including government entities. So the insurance industry was forced to quickly make some hard decisions out there. Because of that, cyber applications entered the industry and started requiring entities to prove themselves much more stringently than they did before. Some of the expectations that they need to know moving forward right now is that there seems to be a top eight to nine cyber controls that the insurance industry is focusing on at the moment. And some of those controls are, for example, implement multi-factor authentication for remote access, mobile devices, and privileged access. Install endpoint detection and response to detect changes on the network 24-7. Ensure operating systems are up to date and patches are consistently applied to those operating systems. Enforce a strong password policy, including active directory features. Implement business continuity and incident response plans, including testing them at least once per year and then backup and encrypt data using mobile methods with at least one copy disconnected and located off-site, and test restores of those backups at least once per year. Discontinue the use of remote desktop protocol, which is otherwise known as RDP, or if for some reason an entity can't discontinue the use of that, at least implement VPN, multi-factor authentication, and a honeypot along with it. And then segment and segregate the network into smaller sub-networks to protect data. And then last, make sure that they're training their employees on cybersecurity awareness. That includes specifically social engineering and fraudulent transactions. What do you feel the most attacked industry has been from 2021 to 2022? Well, the industry that was attacked most in 2020 was the financial services industry. Then in 2021, it was the information technology and communication sector. 
which will probably continue into 2022. Threat actors, uh, they see software and developer infrastructure, industrial control systems, software platforms, and providers as an entry into government critical infrastructure and schools. So threat actors attempt to embed malicious software throughout the software supply chain, including source code, developer repositories, and those open source libraries. We'll likely see further supply chain attacks against infrastructure, industrial control systems, software platforms, and providers. We'll also see more critical vulnerability alerts about them. They'll most likely move to advance their email attacks to take over the communications chain more directly with supply with uh, supplier account takeovers to send spear phishing emails, what looks to be genuine trusted accounts. And then the threat actors know that if they can embed themselves at the beginning of the development process, government will need to detect and stop the attacker after they've already gotten through. This type of threat reinforces the need for security to be integrated earlier in the development processes, especially for industrial control systems for that critical infrastructure out there. Do you feel ransomware is going to continue to be a major cyber issue in the short term? Yes, and in the long term for now. The number of attacks have tripled in 2021 compared to 2020. This issue has not only gotten the attention of the insurance industry, but it's also gotten the attention of several governments out there whose focus has been on cryptocurrency regulation, security resilience, and attack disruption. But even if government criminally charges these ransomware threat actor groups, they'll continue to rebound with even more sophisticated techniques. Threat actors will most likely evolve to potentially target cloud service providers and backup providers. So government, critical infrastructure, and schools will continue to need to assess how quickly they can resume business continuity after an attack occurs and work more with cyber insurers to proactively remedy their control deficiencies through those risk control programs out there. They also need to invest in machine learning technology and active-based response platforms to detect and automatically stop attacks early before the data exfiltration and the threat actor's encryption of their infrastructure and backup occurs. So that's the key to ultimately halting a lot of those ransomware payments in addition to ensuring they have those critical backups. What do you believe will evolve as a cyber threat from 2022 to 2023? So as everybody knows, with the great resignation of employees starting during the pandemic, we can continue to expect to see the insider threat increase. Individuals leaving the company will either intentionally or unintentionally take information with them to their next job position. There have actually been attempts by threat actors out there to recruit insiders by offering large amounts of money or a portion of the ransom payment proceeds to those insiders. So insider threats will become a growing priority for government entities in 2022 
and probably into 2023. So with more entities migrating to the cloud now and collaborative applications out there, these insider threats can become even more difficult to detect across those decentralized digital infrastructures. So with many public entity employees working remotely, enforcing the return of equipment and data will become a priority. Entities should probably rely more on security technologies that learn employee behavior on the infrastructure, including in the cloud. Software as a service and the endpoint is needed that automatically takes action when account behavior is detected as abnormal. So this should be utilized along with that zero trust, those zero trust technologies out there to protect entities from those potential insider threats that could occur. What do you think will help defenders proactively mitigate cyber threats moving forward? In 2023, I think you'll most likely see artificial intelligence innovations in the defense cyber industry for threat detection, investigation, and response. 2023 will also see artificial intelligence expand its focus to proactive security and attack simulation that perform attack types and threat actor simulation techniques. This will enable entities to visualize and proactively test against the most probable threat actor scenarios of concern and proactively mitigate those cyber risks with the required controls that are needed out there. I would say entities should focus on identifying vulnerabilities and also testing their defenses. This has a potential to change how entities and cyber insurance providers assess future cyber risk if they can convince those boards and those councils out there. And last, make sure to invest and adopt a cyber risk control program to identify vulnerabilities and continuously strengthen your security posture, ultimately reducing cyber liability and improving your outlook for that cyber insurance. That right there will be a win-win scenario for all of us that are involved. Thank you for tuning in to Prima's National Cybersecurity Awareness Month podcast series. Should you have any questions regarding this podcast or any podcast in this series, please email education at primacentral.org. To learn more about Prima's educational resources, please visit primacentral.org. Thanks again.